got the hustle. They got the muscle. The Chicago Cubs are on their way. Yeah, that's right. That used to be the theme song of the Chicago Cubs. So, yes, I am still wearing my Cubs jersey signed by Mark Grace. That's right. Why? Because the Cubs are doing things they have not done since 1897. Did I say 1997? No. Did I say 1897? Yes, I did. I said 1897. Seven, the Cubs output at the plate, 20 runs yesterday, 16, I'm sorry, 16 yesterday, 20 runs the day before, that's 36 runs in two games. It's the best stretch since 1989, and it is all because this guy wore this jersey, and I ain't stopping. I got to do some stuff this afternoon, but when I get home, I'll be wearing the jersey during the game. That's right. I said it. I meant it. I won't regret it. The Cubs are on their way. I'll tell you who's on their way out. That's my man, Pat Fitzgerald. Old Fitzy. Man, oh man, he got another guy. Ninth guy steps up and says, yeah, they were mean to me. Racial discrimination this time from a lineman who got out of there in 08. I told you this was going to happen. I told you once the floodgates opened up, What was going to happen? Dudes are going to be coming out of the woodwork. I couldn't find it today, but yesterday I saw somewhere where this guy, Ramon Diaz, had put out tweets about what a great guy Fitzy is, what a mentor he is, what a hero. He taught him so many life lessons. And, of course, now, racial discrimination, he's saying they, uh, well, he's saying they shaved 5'5", Cinco de Mayo, into his head because he's Mexican. He alleges that two assistant coaches Uh, participated in the discrimination. We'll see where it goes. I'm not the guy that all of a sudden just says, yeah, right, players are always telling the truth. He says he was haunted by it, but somehow, someway, uh, he put tweets out supporting Coach Fitz, and now, of course, there are lawsuits, and oh, by the way, we must jump in. All right. Uh, One of the defensive coordinators at Northwestern put out a statement, and he detailed, he detailed what Fitz did to make sure that the players at Northwestern knew that they could be around him, what Fitz did that where they knew that he was protecting them, where he knew that he was for them, and it's great. A guy named Mike Hankwitz, official count of Mike Hankwitz, defensive coordinator, also worked with the punters, kickers at Northwestern University. Many rumors and allegations are swirling about Fitz. What Fitz did was above and beyond, except he had hazing in his own locker room. He hasn't said it didn't happen. He said he wasn't aware of it. So, hey, look, I get it. Fitz is a great dude. I get it. Fitz is one of those guys that will have a lot of guys stand up for him. But, look, you got to know there's hazing in your locker room. You don't always know, and I will say this, you don't always know what guys are doing unless it comes to you when they are back at their apartment, when they are back at their house, when they are back at their fraternity house, when they are back at their dorm. You don't always know that. You don't always know that on a Saturday night after a game that you won, guys made the freshman drink. You don't always know that. But you do know it when it is in your own freaking locker room. This is going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, sooner than later. Uh, Four teams are going to enter the Big Ten. Stanford, Cal, uh, Washington, and Oregon. They're going to enter the Big Ten, and it's going to happen sooner than it is later. Why? Because it just makes sense. A 20-team league just makes sense. You need some more teams from the West Coast. You got USC 
and UCLA. We've told you this. This is going to happen. There's going to be about two or three leagues. They're going to be monster leagues, the Big Ten and the SEC, and then everybody's going to figure out how to join those teams. And for the Big Ten, it makes perfect sense. In fact, Jonathan Hutton and I were talking about this yesterday on Hot Mike. It makes perfect sense. The Big Ten fancies itself an academic institution, an academic conference. Look at all the top schools in the country. Look at the ratings of top public schools. You got Michigan up in there. You got (coughs) Wisconsin. Purdue's up in there. Indiana has fallen and fallen mightily, and I'm not happy about it. However, however, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to happen. Cal and Stanford make perfect sense. The money that comes from Oregon and Washington, the brands, particularly the Nike money coming from Oregon, it makes perfect sense. You're going to see it, and you're going to see it sooner rather than later, and I think it's a good thing. Let me tell you what I do. I can think it's a bad thing, right? I can say it's a bad thing, but what difference does it make? See, I don't think it's a great thing for me. Like, who wants to watch Cal take on, I don't know, Wisconsin? Or who, who wants to watch <coughs> Stanford take on Northwestern? I guess we're supposed to, but I don't. When, Ohio, when USC and UCLA came into the Big Ten, now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a different deal. That's a different breed of cat. Now, those two teams I want to watch play, I want to see UCLA at Michigan. I want to see Michigan go out and Ohio State go out and play USC. But these other schools, yeah, I don't know. I know we're intrigued by Oregon's football uniforms, and I know that they have the most ridiculous court in all of college basketball, but I'm not that into them. But good, it is going to happen. Mark my words on it. I've talked to some people that I know that are not close to the situation, but close enough to the situation, and you have seen the momentum, at least in the media, build over the last few days. So don't worry about it. It's going to happen. All right. Here's the question of the day. Do you really care about college athletes betting on sports in states where betting on sports is legal? Do you really care? Like, do, all right, so Tyler Eulish's brother, remember Tyler Eulish, the most overrated point guard in NCAA history? His brother, Eric made nearly 2,000 sports bets, 2,000 sports bets on FanDuel. All right. Uh, Bet a total of nearly $35,000 and use the fake name Anton Porter. At least one of those bets is believed to be an Iowa game that he was on at the time. He was on the team. All right, Northwestern's been made aware. Euless was not allowed to participate with the team on their overseas trip. He may lose his eligibility. That's fine. I get it. The NCAA has to care. But do you care? You know, I'm watching this. I'm reading this. And I'm like, you know, you open the floodgates to this. Billis and everybody told us how we got to open everything up. Everything. We got to have Caligula, damn it, in NCAA sports. The NCAA bad. Them trying to uh, put kids in a box, horrible. We need more money to kids. Give them that. Let them do whatever they want. Acquiesce to 18 to 23-year-olds. And I've always said this. I've always said this. You got to protect the schools and you got to protect the sport. You just do. 
So if you think giving kids stupid amounts of money for doing nothing, letting them transfer wherever they want, and having legalized gambling in that state while kids have a lot of time, a lot of money, then good for you. I just have always been on the other side of it. I've said pay players. I mean, you want to pay them, pay them. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I've always thought that I got paid at Indiana, not by any source, but by having a scholarship. My, my thing has always been, don't tell me that I played at Indiana for free. I got up every morning, my brother got up every morning at 4.35 in the morning in the summer. He had to go work at Scott Ladd uh, in Lansing, Illinois. He had to go work in a warehouse to pay to go to Wabash College. You know what I did? I would make fun of him every morning. We had bunk beds. He would come down the stairs or the ladder, and I'd go, hey, man, should have practiced more. Roll over, because I knew I was going to get punched. Usually got punched about right here, maybe a little bit lower, and off he went. I went for co- to college, and I got paid because a scholarship was payment to me. Maybe not to you. Cool. Great. That's your deal. You know, you little white guys out there that are saying, well, players bring in all the money. No, they don't. No, they don't. This guy brought in no money to the University of Iowa. Let me explain something to you. TV contracts were already established before this guy ever got to Iowa. Radio contracts were already established. The Big Ten Network, ESPN, CBS, Fox, already established before this guy even walked in, before anybody even knew this guy's name. Sponsorships at the university, already established. Yeah, maybe he brought his mom and dad to the game, but they got free tickets. Okay, maybe they ate in town. Maybe they went to some restaurant. Great, good for them. This dude didn't bring squat. And 99.9% of athletes in college basketball, college football, do not influence attendance even a little. Don't even at me. Well, they're the ones... The sweat on their back. Yeah, Iowa could have done everything without having this guy. So don't even try that with me. I'm just speaking real to you. So the question then I go back to, do you really care? Do you really care? I don't. I I can't believe I'm saying it. I don't. And I realized it yesterday. I saw this story. I saw the kicker at Iowa. I saw the Iowa State quarterback. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me one bit. I don't care what you do. It doesn't matter. I, and that's weird to me because I coached for a long time. I was vigilant. I mean, I was freaking vigilant, excuse me, vigilant. I mean, crazy vigilant against gambling with my player. Insane. But now, I don't care. You open this up. So, shockingly enough, uh, just along the sides of we open this up, you know that guy, John Ruiz? John Ruiz gave all the money, all the money to the two little girls uh, that take their clothes off at the University of Miami basketball, to the kid here that played Peck, that played at Lawrence Central High School, who went down there, and it worked out. They got to the Final Four. They had a great year. Now that guy's under investigation by the feds. You want to open it up? You want to open this up to big boy professional problems? There you go. Good for you. Now, everybody, including Billis and others, will have their little excuses. Well, it's a free money. That's fine. Hey, I'm with you. I'm not mad at you. All I've ever said, you got to protect the schools, and at some point, you got to protect the game. And it doesn't seem like betting on your team's game 
is protecting the game. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not, I'm sure I am. I'm sure the Libby's out there, the far left will say, what's wrong with this free market? I, I, cool. I'm just giving you my point of view. Uh, <laughs> Michael Besloss compared January 6th to the Civil War Pearl Harbor at 9-11. On January 6th, 2021, Donald Trump, just like all those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Our system is destroyed. When you are able to harvest votes, when you are able to win elections by, well, I don't know exactly how, but you are, and there's nobody in America that believes 84 million people, the largest, most popular president of all time is named Joe Biden. There's nobody believes that. There's no, no, nobody believes that. Eh, maybe it did. But our system is already being destroyed, and I don't mind. Hey, look, you're on MSNBC. Uh, this guy, Beslas, has been there a long time. He's one of their mouths. And so you know what? He's got to make, I don't know, comments to make you go, huh? Things that make you go, huh? Things that make you go, huh? Look, January 6th, Donald Trump, just like all those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system. Yeah, okay. Look, the one thing that I know, and I love being on this side, sports is somewhat like this, but man, being on this side where you do talk some politics, where you do talk something. Here's the deal, okay? You know everybody's just posturing. You know everybody is just saying stuff so they can get their click, they can show their face. See, the beauty, when I worked at ESPN, of working with Mike Tirico and Dave Fleming and Dave O'Brien and Jason Benetti, is those guys, and Bob was choosing, those guys didn't have to audition. They weren't auditioning. They didn't have to keep saying silly, stupid stuff. They didn't have to have a shtick. They were professional. They were mature. Uh, they were in- ingrained. It's all good. But now these guys, and I've learned this in TV, you got a posture. Oh, man, if you're in the realm of political television, radio, streaming, you got a posture. So, hey, look, I get it. This guy's got a posture. He's a historian. Yeah, me too. It's all crap. It's all crap. Look, uh, nobody died. A lady got shot by a cop or a cop, whatever. Uh, you know, Pearl Harbor, a lot of people died. Civil War, a lot of people uh, died. 9-11, a lot of people died. Just stop with that stuff. I mean, look, I get it. All right, this is sorry. And this guy, this guy is the gift that keeps on giving. It, it really is. He's just the gift that absolutely keeps on giving. You know what his name is? His name is Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes is the pain in the backside, little crappy, poopy pants brother. I've I've never said that before, but I like it. When I'm going to make fun of somebody, I'm going to call them poopy pants. (laughs) So the woman who owned the restaurant that accused Jackson Mahomes, the first brother of football, the dumbest, most ridiculous, childish human being, She accused him of sexual assault. Apparently, Mahomes came in there, got a little touchy-feely, got grabby everywhere. And next thing you know, he gets arrested for sexual assault. Well, this lady, she had to close down her shop, her restaurant, because Kansas City and its fans were threatening her. Kansas City and her fans were boycotting her, all because she turned in one of the dirt bags, dirt bags, dirt bags 
of our society. Jackson Holmes, nonviolent crime. Well, maybe that is violent. I shouldn't say that. But Jackson Holmes is a symptom. You know, I talked about the MSNBC reporter and how political reporters posture. Well, that's Jackson Mahomes. That's all he does. But this idiot got serious. This guy got serious, and what he did was he got grabby. They said, yo, we're going to arrest you. He said, well, I'm going to make a big deal about it because that's what he's got to do. And now this lady, this lady decided, well, I got to close because this idiot and the idiot fans decide we're going to boycott. It's just a sorry-ass story. And you know what? Like hanging out with Greg Doyle of the Indy Star. You hang with sorry-ass people, you get sorry-ass results. All right. The NFL is considering adopting the XFL's kickoff style as a possible replacement to the current kickoff format. Here it is. In the XFL, you ready? Kickers line up at the 30. With the other 10 players on the kickoff team lining up at the 35. Only five yards away from the return team. Only the kicker and one returner can move the ball until the ball is fielded and touchbacks are spotted at the 35-yard line. I got no idea what I just said. I got no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So there you go. We're at the 35, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what this means. I've tried to look it up. Uh, It gives more of an incentive for returns and safer ones since there's less room between opposing players to pick up a steam. NFL players running down the field following a kick reach a speed of 17 miles an hour. I don't know. People think the kick return is going to get crushed because players in the NFL are different. How about no? No. No. How about we just say no? I don't know. More gambling news in the NFL. Uh, Iyama Wazuki. Apparently he plays for the Broncos. Apparently he's from Iowa State. He faces more gambling allegations. This guy does. This guy might go to a couple years in the, what do they call it, the clink? He might be headed to the can. He might be going to jail for gambling. He tampered with records. Don't tamper with records. Please don't tamper with records. Why are you tampering with records? Don't falsify stuff in gambling. Look, one of the things that I needed to tell you all about this, I worked with the Gambling Association here in Indiana. I did. I worked with them. I was a big proponent of them. In fact, I went to the ribbon cutting of the first, uh, what, online casino or or in-person casino at the racetrack over here, and I helped cut the ribbon. And one thing I know about this, one thing I know, is the gaming industry, the sports betting industry, is highly regulated with geotechnology that can spot a hair on this head. That's right. So this guy could face two years in the can for betting on Broncos and Iowa State games. He placed 32 bets on Broncos players and games last year during his rookie year. He knowingly and intentionally falsified personal electronic sports wagering records 
by concealing his personal identity. I don't know. Those other guys at Iowa were using their mommies. What is up with Iowa mommies letting their kids bet? Hey, Dad, I want to use your gambling thing. No. 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 Sorry, no. Go see Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, Lee. How about you hook up a gambling thing for your 18-year-old who plays college football? Butch, a capesta. My eyes are burning. 32 bets. Again, I don't really care. I'm starting to where I don't really care. Oh, Oh, my eyes are burning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are. You're damn right they are. So, anyway, this guy decides, hey, I'm going to just keep betting. All right. Hey, good for you, man. All right. Hey, do it. Uh, don't bother me, but you got to do it. And he lied about it. And that lying part always comes in. And at some point, they're going to get, because you falsify records, you know there's going to be a term like across state lines. He gambled across state lines and falsified documents across state lines. Oh, yeah. You know, you know that's coming. Come on. Hey, back in Indiana, uh, years ago, Robert Mathis, the star uh, edge rusher, strip sack champion, tested positive for steroids or something like it, PEDs. He said, hey, look, I'm trying to get my wife knocked up, so I'm using the PEDs. Well, subsequent to that, he's left his wife. He's moved to a commune with a guy named Daniel Muir out in Logansport, Indiana. Colts players, ex-players are wacky. They're wacky dudes. Anyway, so now Ronald Jones, pictured right here, explains his performance-enhancing suspension. I'm not cheating the game of football. It was from a doctor-prescribed medicine that he took. Look, that's possible. But again, every single person in college and professional sports is educated within an inch of their lives on don't put stuff in your body. Now, I will say this. If the team doctor gave him something, and by the way, I don't believe any of this, but good for Ronald Jones. He's at the plate. He's taking a swing. You know what I'm saying. But again, Ronald Jones, do you, baby? Hey, man, I was trying to get my wife knocked up. So I took something. I don't know what it was. I don't know, and I guess she did get knocked up, but Robert Mathis, an OG with the call, said, ah, screw it, I'm going to move out to a commune with Daniel Muir. <laughs> hey, nine straight thousand-yard receiving. Nine straight. That's what Mike Evans has had in the NFL. You don't even know who Mike Evans is, do you? You don't. Don't, don't lie to me. Mike Evans is on the same team pictured here. Mike Evans is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans is going to be a Hall of Famer. And Mike Evans, the wide receiver, is one of the few guys, one of the few, that could actually play another sport. I remember seeing Mike Evans playing basketball in an AAU tournament in Las Vegas. And I thought Mike Evans was pretty damn good. I did. Like, hey, then I heard, well, wait a second, this guy's like a, you know, First team, all Texas or wherever he was from, wide receiver. He's going to go play football. Ended up with Johnny Manziel. He's done much better than Johnny Manziel, who, by the way, just opened up a bar. But anyway, so Mike Evans says, I'm the best wide receiver in the league. There's only five to ten guys in history who have done what I've done. And he ain't wrong. 
serious business. And you don't even know him. You don't even think about him. Dude has gone nine straight seasons, 1,000 yards. I ain't mad at Mike Evans. I'm glad we're talking about Mike Evans because by all accounts, Mike Evans is a really good dude. And you know what, Mike Evans, for the most part, there's been some wide receiver stuff, but not a lot. Mike Evans has just kind of shut up and played. I'm not saying shut up and played relative to politics. I don't care about that. Yeah, you know, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember any sidelines, spread your arms out, embarrass the quarterback, stupidity. I don't remember none of that. He's just been a really good football player. Salute to you, Mike Evans. Oh, baby, here we go. Here we go. You know about the Kardashian curse, right? I mean, the Kardashians made New York City legend Lamar Odom sit in a damn brothel in Las Vegas and overdose on organic Viagra. That's what these folks do. They made the world's greatest athlete. 1976, the Catalan champ waving a flag on a box of Wheaties. They turned him into a woman. They made Aaron or Adam or whatever his name is, Humphreys. Aaron Humphreys, something Humphreys, Chris Humphreys, they made him a crazy man, and he lost his career when he was married to Kim Kardashian. Kanye West became insane and still may be dating a Kardashian. I think that Davidson guy that you all love on TV, Pete Davidson, he ran his car into something dating a Kardashian. I mean, that thing that the Kardashians flip around to to people is cursed. It's undefeated. But it's cursed. So Devin Booker got out. He split with Kendall Jenner. You got to split with Kendall Jenner. It frees him and it frees the team from the Kardashian curse. I mean, Kristen or Tristan Thompson. I mean, that dude went, and I don't know, that dude went insane. Nuts. Crazy. Where's he at? He, he spent a minute here in Indianapolis. Oh, man, that Kardashian stuff, that Kardashian hoochie, that thing, mm-mm, that's fire water. That's crazy stuff. That's moonshine. That'll make you go blind. We were talking off air about moonshine and fire water, all the homemade boozes. They'll make you go blind. Kardashians will make you go blind. There's a few things that'll make you go blind in the Catholic Church, you know, Having an evening with Jergens, napkins, uh, and a porno make you go blind. Moonshine, make you go blind. Schlievovitz, my people, make you go blind. Kardashian, make you go blind. Woo! You got out just in time, son. You got out just in time. Here is to a happy and healthy and curse-free Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Salute. Don't drink Schlievovitz. Don't drink moonshine. Don't get in a room by yourself. You know what I'm saying? With a a Baywatch video on. And don't date a Kardashian. It'll all make you go blind. Uh, Vince McMahon served. I swear to God, this is just every day. So Vince McMahon has surgery and he's down and out. Right, Vince McMahon, the WWE guy, and all that stuff. So he's down now. That major surgery. He's hurt, 
And next thing you know, here come the federalities. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe they have uh, a subpoena for you. So they searched his house. A lot of people aren't sure what they're looking for. I'm not. But it seems to me like Vince McMahon is always getting subpoenaed for something. Like they're always knocking on his door. Hey, Vince. Come on, man. I just had surgery. I'm hurting here. Yeah, we don't care. Vince, come on. We got to check your stuff. You already did. What are you doing? Nah, we got to look again. All right. Maybe Vince McMahon is in trouble. I don't know. It seems like Vince McMahon is always, always, always in trouble. Man. (sighs) I got a lot to get to today. I got Ennis Cantor Freedom coming up. I like Ennis Cantor Freedom. I got former NFL player and BYU running back. Reno Mai, I think it's May. Mai, I got to figure out how to say his name. I want to talk running backs. I want to talk BYU. I want to talk NFL with Reno. Whoo, man. Hey, the women's soccer team's still mad. They're mad at Carly Lloyd. It's just noise. Carly Lloyd, good for you. Carly Lloyd, 17 years with the women's national team. I was 17 years at Indiana basketball. I gave my heart and soul. I didn't get a fake hip. I got a bad neck. I'll criticize him anytime, any way I want. Screw you all. That's exactly what Carly Lloyd said. A big Carly Lloyd fan. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You know, running backs have been the talk of the town, man. And, uh, well, the NFL, particularly in my town, we've been talking about Jonathan Taylor, running backs getting together. So we thought we'd ask a guy that knows, former NFL player, BYU running coach, Reno Mahe, joins us. Uh, Reno, look, the NFL's got like a holdout problem here, right? Is this trend going to continue? Are running backs getting screwed here? You know, the hard part is I I think history showed that the there was a time where running backs the production of running backs had an effect the the hard part is i can't i can't remember the last time a running back that led the nfl resulted in that team winning a super bowl and so i i think there's there's a couple you know you look at the different running backs that have led the league or the top three running backs i think was Jacobs one where the Raiders and they didn't even make the playoffs. And so it's a, it's a tough deal right now for running backs. Um, they're, they're huge production for the team and, and then they have um, health issues. And so it's a hard predicament where you see even the chiefs, they're running backs. Um, they're, they're not, they're not the highest uh, productive running backs with regards to rushing but they still have productive teams. So it's just a hard predicament. Yeah, I've always said, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm older than you, but my all-time favorite, I grew up in Chicago, my all-time favorite football player is Walter Payton. And when Walter was running, you had Earl Campbell, you had, you know, even O.J. Simpson, you had a bunch, Chuck Foreman, with the, you had a bunch of dudes. Um, have any players, I saw a couple guys said this, Melvin Gordon said this, hey, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't be a running back. I would play a different position. Anybody come to you with any of that? 
Yeah, I, I think um, for me, I, if I again, I, I grew up a Niners fan, and I hated the Cowboys. But I, I would have to go as far back as Emmitt Smith being someone that led the league and winning a Super Bowl. And so I, I, I was trying to um, really sit back and think to myself, why, why is that? And I think it, it might have to do with the speed of the game and, and how uh, talented the defense has gotten, uh, specifically at the linebacker position, the safety position, to where they've really neutralized the running game and um, offenses had to adjust. And so it's tough. It's I would I teach my kids to play corner. <laughs> would you? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, that's I literally I just moved my son in high school this year. He's a sophomore. And I was like, son, go play corner. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, trust me, if you're going to play football, go play corner. <laughs> So the running backs coach at BYU told his own kid, don't play running back. How about that? Uh, a former running back coach, but it, it's, it's okay. a tough, it's, it's a tough position. It's, you know, and you're, you're, it's a, you're, you beat up your body and, and, and at the end of the day, they just throw you out. So <laughs> it's, but you know, you need a running back. You need a good running back. Hey, uh, Reno, a couple of other things. You you played at BYU. Now um, they're in the uh, they're in the Big Twelve. Uh, how does that fit? And do you anticipate Utah coming in there as well? Does that matter? How how big a deal is that uh, out in Utah? You know, there's such a mixed feeling with that. Um, when Utah left. BYU and Utah has always had this great relationship when they had uh, Lavelle Edwards and uh, Ronnie, or Coach Ron McBride. And when Utah left BYU behind, it, it was tough for BYU for a long time. <laughs> and then now that BYU is in a P5 conference and Utah's Pac-12 conference has fallen apart, there's there's a feeling um, with BYU people like ah oh, forget them, but I I just I don't know man it's a hard there's so many guys at Utah that I grew up with and that you know I hope the best for so it would be awesome for a rivalry to have Utah in the Big Twelve, but then there's all this news about Utah not wanting they're too good for the Big Twelve and. It's just a tough, tough love-hate relationship. <laughs> Wait, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a unique relationship. It's, it's, it is a tough – and it's – tell me if I'm wrong, but you recruit against each other like almost nonstop, right? I mean, more so than like an Indiana or Purdue who, who go different directions, but it seems to me that Utah – and and BYU, they they recruit the same guys. I mean, Hawaii's a big area, that kind of thing. I mean, correct? No, a, a, absolutely. Um, and on top of that, Utah's had the upper hand being in the Pac-12 for the last twelve or however many years they've been there. And then the success Utah has had, and the stability they've had with Coach Whittingham and the staff he has there, and the great job they've done. They've had the upper hand for so long. And then BYU ends up winning the last game they've played a couple years ago. 
and then now BYU's in the Big 12, and now the Pac-12's falling apart. It's just been a um, it's been a tough deal, but I, you know, I, I still hope the best for the U, and I hope that they could potentially be in the Big 12. But hey, man, all that TV money deal and all that—it's just a, it's, we're living in some crazy times right now. Do players do players pay attention to it? Do do they pay attention to all this conference stuff, or are they just working? I, I you know, I I would think they did until the whole NIL thing came along. And, and these players, you know, I, I think they're starting to really look inward on, all right, well, what can I get out of my situation? And uh, unfortunately, we've turned into that kind of um, atmosphere now in college sports. I, I think I just saw a, a video of the quarterback getting into a G-Wagon in in college and I'm just like oh man that'd be that'd be a tough pill to swallow in college <laughs> like, you get some kids that are they're possibly struggling then you get this quarterback who jumping in a g-wagon like you know at the end of the day you, you try not to um, worry about other people's money but that could really affect the locker room that's what I, I coached for 25 years, college basketball. And that's what I said. I said, may not the first year because everybody's excited, everybody. But I saw the same video that you saw. I saw Spencer Rattler of South Carolina getting into that. And I'm like, damn, man, if I was a star defensive player or I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have handled that very well back then. I, let me put it that way. Well, so there's, there's a few – kids in our area that that um, I've spoken to and some of their parents where, you know, their their son are playing for school. They're winning conference championships. Not much NIL going on, but yet they're offering these new kids coming in all this money and they're not paying the kids that had just won them conference championships. And I'm like, wait a second, uh, how does that <laughs> – it's just a crazy, crazy landscape that uh, these kids are dealing in. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like, you would have made a ton of money. You were a star. I was not when I played at Indiana. I was okay. You know, I played, and I wouldn't have. I always said, our star player, a kid named Steve Alford, I'd have been cool with him making money. But everybody else, I'd have been pissed. Like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I, I think the tough part is, and what I'm hearing that BYU is doing that I really appreciate is um, just being honest with the kids. You know, you got a lot of these schools that are throwing out all these um, promises and NIL promises and nothing is coming to fruition, where I think what Kalani and um, has made sure that these kids are being told the truth and that, you know, what BYU actually can offer is the you know the the network and and what um, that's something that I've been able to appreciate and use throughout my after my playing career is the the BYU mafia or the BYU network is second to none and so I hope that um, you know these schools are just coaches are honest with these kids and and they're um, you know doing doing right by these kids. 
Hey, last thing before I let you go. You think the Pac-12 survives? There's reports today, Washington, Oregon, uh, Cal, and Stanford, you know, Big Ten starting to ratchet up stuff. You think in a couple years we'll ha- we'll even have a Pac-12? Um, I, I can't see how. You know, I think there was a chance they had a, they, they had a chance to make a move and pull some of these other schools into them. And I think they just they made a wrong decision and, and they voted no to bring some of these schools in. And I mean, I don't think you can survive a, a conference where you lose, you know, your top half. So that's tough. Uh, unfortunately, that conference of champions might be no more. And that's, that's pretty sad to think about. You know, it's amazing to think about, really. It really is. It's amazing to think that. It's amazing to think that USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten guy my whole life, played in it, coached in it. And it's amazing. Like, UCLA and USC are in the Big Freaking Ten? All right, I guess. Uh, Be careful what you ask for. You might get it. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly. There's a couple things I live by. One of those is be careful what you wish for. You might get it, and no good deed goes unpunished, brother. Hey, have a great time, uh, Tube, and thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. That's great stuff. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. He's out there. He's going tubing, man. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, he's right. Honest to God. Be careful what you wish for. Thanks, uh, Torino, for coming on. And that's exactly right. Uh, you know, the it, we're all excited, right? In the Big Ten. Oh, look at this. Look at that. But think about this. Think about if you are, let's just take college basketball. You're a college basketball fan. You grew up with college basketball. Okay? And you're around my age. So you're not crazy old. You're not young by any means. You're, you know, maybe a little higher middle age. But anyway, UCLA, who won all these championships in the Pac-12, Bill Walton, Kareem, whatever. I I wasn't old enough to see Kareem in college or Lou Alcindor, is in the Big Ten. And there might not be a conference of champions. Bill Walton spewing on a conference of Trump. May not exist. You know what that tells me? That tells me that, well, frankly, it wasn't that big a conference anyway. It's like, you know, guy steal, your best friend steals your girlfriend. You go, hey, man, what are you doing? You're my best friend. He goes, ah, we weren't really that close. Maybe they just weren't really that good. I don't know, but, ah, man, I, uh, ugh. Hey, coming up at 1030, uh, we've got Ennis Cantor Freedom, and I can't wait. I want to see if he's going to run for something. Former, hey, listen to this. you got to see this. So a Lufthansa pilot. Now, I don't know how you do this. you got to be a pretty good pilot. So this Lufthansa pilot was pissed that his plane was forced to divert in the air. So you're flying, right, and you got to divert to somewhere else. And the pilot's like, screw this. Screw this crap, all right? Screw this. I'm not having it. So he draws with the smoke of penis in the air. Do we we got to have it here, right? We have got to have this. This is incredible. How about that? No good? Why am I reading it if we don't have a picture of it? There it is. You see the PP? Yeah. 
All right, this is from Frankfurt to Sicily. He got redirected to Malta because of wildfire. He decided to leave a friendly message. So he flies over and puts a peni in the air. Hey, look, Daddy, there's a penis in the sky. <laughs> you know, I like it. He'll probably be suspended. Uh, there'll probably be some charges against him because, well, you know, I don't care. I like it. I do. I, I think it's great. I think anytime you do something that makes me laugh or is out of the ordinary, I am all in for it. Hey, uh, uh, pilot to co-pilot, we're going to draw a penis uh, in the air right here over Sicily because, well, we're not very happy uh, that we're redirected because of wildfires. They weren't redirected because of something stupid. They were redirected because they got wildfire, uh, these fires. Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna draw a penis here. Uh, bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, bear with me. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna circle right here. This is gonna be the testes. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, 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 uh huh. Yeah, breaker one nine. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready for it? Former U.S. soccer coach, USA soccer coach Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena, if you remember when he coached the men's national team, he was the problem with the men's national team. He was the problem. It wasn't that we have crappy players. It wasn't that soccer's boring and kids didn't want to play it back then. But Bruce Arena's put on lead. Insensitive and inappropriate remarks. That's right. That's right. He coaches the New England Revolution of the MLS, and he made insensitive remarks. I got a headache. Everything's insensitive. Everything is inappropriate. You could say there are three things in a coach's vernacular that will always get you. Verbal abuse. He verbally abused me. Yeah, what'd he say? He told me to run and he yelled. Okay, that's verbal abuse. All right. Insensitive remarks. What did he say? He said, you jump like old people have sex. All right. That's insensitive. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> or that's inappropriate. Which one is that? I used to say that to my players. You play like old people. In fact, the other day I was playing golf, and after the round, some guy comes up to me. He goes, hey, Dan. He goes, I love you. I go, really? He goes, oh, I've loved you ever since I was a kid. I go, really? Guy's like 50. I go, I go, really? Why? He goes, oh, do you remember coaching at Steve Alford's dad's basketball camp? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, it was like billed as an Indiana all-star camp. And the first thing you told us, who was, I was you, you drafted a team and you had a team and you coached your team. He said, the first thing you said to us was, hey, we got an all-star team, but we don't have any all-stars on it. And then he, I told some kid named Tommy, apparently, that he jumps like old people. Now, could you imagine that today? Could you imagine a kid going home? Hey, man, Dawkins told me I jump like old people have sex. <laughs> and now that I'm an old person, I got to tell you. Old people have some pretty damn good sex. I ain't going to lie to you because we know what we're doing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's no, there's no guesswork when Lee and I get going. Too much information? Ah, what are you going to do? 
Uh, Omar, Ilan Omar joins a band, Marijuana Death Squad, on stage to celebrate Minnesota's legalizing cannabis. Good for you, Omar. Now, you got to understand old Omar here. She's the one that married her cousin. She's the one that hates white people, but yet is married to a white dude. I'm not sure who she's married to. I'm not sure who's giving her the business. It's either her cousin, her brother, her uncle, or just some random white dude. I don't know. But anyway, this lady somehow, someway has a say in our nation's politics. She hates whitey. White guy is bad. White guy is evil. Hey, honey, how are you? You mind paying for dinner, white guy? (laughs) But she's all excited because cannabis, yes, cannabis, is going to be legal in Minnesota. It's the dumbest thing ever. Minnesota, and particularly Minneapolis, is a complete hellhole. Beautiful state, great fans at the U. But the place, downtown Minneapolis, is a hellhole. Lee and I, walking down the street, some big old transgender dude dressed as a woman. Hey. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I tell the story all the time. Can I ask you a question? Hell no. Get the hell away from me is exactly what I said. And if that's transphobic, tough, 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 and tough. I don't want to hear it. I'm doing a selfie for my family. That's right. I'm doing a selfie in my Cubs jersey. That's right. Because the Cubs are rolling. Don't at me. (laughs) Look at this woman. What's that tongue doing? I'm on one today. I'm on one. Uh, Yeah, I got to tell you something, man. This is some scary stuff. Now, this is serious. Now, I'm going to be very serious. Paula Scanlon, the very brave young lady teammate, teammate of our friend Riley Gaines, she testified. She opened up about having to be teammates with Leah Thomas. Actually, she was at Penn. She was terrified being in the same locker room as him. Says hearing a masculine voice would make her jump and feel vulnerable. If there was a man, if there had been a man on my high school team, I would have quit. I would literally have nothing. I would never have gotten into a good college. My entire life would have been derailed. If even one girl is discouraged from competing in sports over this, we failed. It's so important to give girls these same opportunities. Paul Scanlon went in front and told the story of her sexual assault. And then this dude here, this cowardly dude, this Leah Thomas, whatever the hell its name is, is such a freaking coward competing against women. Just a bad guy. We've seen he's joined Antifa. Good for him. Man, hope he goes on to great things. That'd be wonderful. But you put other people, it's just a selfish, incredibly selfish move, and this woman has had to deal with it. She had to deal with sexual assault, then she's got to deal with having a dude in her locker room. It just doesn't make any sense. It should stop immediately. It should never have been started. They should never have allowed this. The NCAA, you suck for allowing this. You're playing a sport. You're playing a sport. There's women, there's men. If you want to be something other than a woman or a man, good for you. Go play over there. Women, men, play. Well, I'm a man being a woman. Go, go over there. Well, I'm a woman being a man. Go over there. I've said this before, and I'll say this again. There was a dude on Yale's uh, There was a girl on Yale's softball team. There is a girl who is transitioning to a man. No, there is a man on Yale's softball team transitioning to a woman. No, there was a woman. I get this confused. A woman transitioning. No, there was a man transitioning to a woman. No. There was a woman transitioning to a man. Yeah. 
on Yale's softball team. I got all confused here. Guess who he played on? The women's team. Not the men's team. Woman transitioning to a man. Why didn't he play on the men's team if Leah Thomas, a dude transitioning to a woman, plays on the women's team? Why does everybody play on the women's team? Go let these dudes play on the men's team. Let them do it. It's ridiculous. I'm sitting here arguing with myself. Carrie Lloyd said this, and I agree with her. It's the exact reason I don't give a shit whether you Indiana people get mad at me at all for criticizing Indiana's basketball team. I've earned the right. Carrie Lloyd has, too. I want people to understand I care deeply about this team. Poured my heart and soul into this team for 17 years. And it was based off a legacy that was passed down from generation to generation. That's exactly how I feel about Indiana basketball. The mentality, the DNA of what makes that team so great. So my comments were reflective of me wanting to see that legacy continue to be passed down from generation to generation. And with that, it comes hard work, focus. My hope is that it continues because that's what makes U.S. so special and so deadly. That's exactly, I'm just not smart enough to say those things. I got little blogger boys coming at me. I got little fanboys coming at me. I spent 17 years at Indiana. It's exactly right. I poured my heart and soul in it. I want the legacy to continue. And part of my deal was I sacrificed. Could have gone somewhere else and scored more points, but I wanted to be part of a legacy. And that legacy sucks in Indiana. So y'all can kiss my ass. I'm going to have a video of that coming up. That's exactly right. Good for you, Carly Lloyd. I thought what you did was stupid because, well, frankly, even though they played bad, they got done what they needed to get done, which is move to the round of 16, right? I mean, that's what you're in pool play for. So I thought that was really stupid. But the truth of the matter is you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And if somebody's mad at it, screw them. If one of the members of the team's mad at him, screw him. I got some little dude named Cooper Cup or something like that mad at me, some little Northwestern player that came over to Indiana. And if the little Indiana players are mad, screw you. Get off your ass, win something. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, away we go. Yeah, it just makes me nuts. It does. Makes me nuts. Uh, Haunted Mansion, a movie, is the latest financial disaster for Disney. Man, Disney is taking it on the chip. Boom! 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 I don't know why I read that one. Uh, Hawkeye fans are raising 60 bucks by drinking beer. Yeah, I screwed that up. Sorry. Haunted Mansion. I'll get into the drinking beer when we come back. But Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is another woke video by Disney. Like, all these dudes get up there at Disney. They have all these presentations at Disney. And they're all little woke freaking, I don't know. I don't know. So apparently, I'm going to give this, let's see, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. There you go. Because it's a woke little pain in the end. Let's see. We got a white dude. Oh, look at there. Jamie Lee Curtis, who's making a big comeback because she's become a power lesbian. It's got a nice little cast to it. Dan Levy, Levy, Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, some guy named Lakeith Stanford. Yeah, it's got a little group. But screw them. Screw them. I ain't into it. I don't want to see it. And I'm not mad at ESPN. I like the ESPN. But I'm tired of woke. Uh, 
failed, Haunted Mansion did listen to this due to a lack of good reviews and a boring story. Despite a star-studded cast, nods to the Disney ride, the, the movie faced stiff competition from ha- other highly anticipated films, leading viewers to prioritize them over a movie based on a theme park ride. I mean, Disney's trying, and maybe they'll make some, and, you know, okay. I don't know who Lakeith Stanford is, but I've seen his face. Seems like, all right, good. Yeah, I'm mad at it. Coming up at 10.30, our friend Ennis Cantor Freedom joins. I got a lot of stuff here, including Hawkeye fans drinking beer for 60 grand. I drink beer for 10. I drink beer for 10. How many third graders would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? Last night, speaking of third graders, uh, about 10 of my guys were on a text chain. We all went to grade school together, and we started doing a thing. Sister Christopher, heaven or hell? Kind of a fun game. We, ladies and gentlemen, were St. Peter, and we decided which of our teachers should go to heaven and which should go to hell. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. You know, NIL, you guys that are fans, you guys are crazy, and I love you. I do. You guys are absolutely nuts. People wait a long time just to get into Indiana University's Hoosier Hysteria. Tickets for most colleges are almost impossible to get at places like Duke for basketball. Football, a little bit different deal. But fans are awesome. I do. I absolutely love fans. I've always loved fans. I have a lifetime relationship and love affair with the great state of Indiana and the fans of Indiana basketball, even though I was a bit player at best as an Indiana basketball player. Great coach there, but a bit player at best. That'll piss people off. Anyway, in Iowa, well, fans are showing their appreciation for the Iowa Hawkeyes, for the children of the corn, the corn folk, 20% from Swarm Golden Ale. If you buy Swarm Golden Ale at Iowa, guess what? 20% goes to the NIL Collective. That's right. Bring home a case of Swarm Golden Ale, and you too can be funding the next quarterback at the University of Iowa. See, I think that's good. I like it. These collectives are crap. The whole thing is crap, but that's all right. At least these things are kind of fun. Yeah, 20%. So if you spend $100, 20 bucks of it goes to the quarterback or the wide receiver or the basketball player or whomever. Yeah, there you go. Keep drinking, Iowa fans, as Ryan says. It's for a good cause. For you boys, when you go to Kinnick Stadium and you see some studs out there, know that you are partially invested if you drink Swarm Golden Ale. And I'll tell you something else. This is no small feat. I have said this before, and I will say this again. When Iowa or Wisconsin, when they come to the Big Ten title game here in Indianapolis, when they do it, we get drank out of beer. True story. I think it was the Iowa fans drank Indianapolis out of beer when they played in the Big Ten championship game. Now, it may have been Wisconsin, I'm not sure, or it may have been Iowa against Wisconsin, although that couldn't happen. But I'm telling you, you old big old Iowa, you big old Swiss up there in Wisconsin, you ain't afraid to drink. You bring some cheese, you got some crackers. In the case of Iowa, you bring a steer, you chop it up, you drink, you eat, you have a great, great, great time. Spotted cow for you. Hey, Swarm Golden Ale, good for you. God bless you, Iowa. I love it. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, This was interesting. Here you go. 
Mike Vrabel, the great coach, I love Mike Vrabel because, well, frankly, he donates to our bikes program. But Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans coach, was asked an interesting question. How many five-year-olds would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? Here's his answer. How many five-year-olds would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they could. They would probably take... 35. <laughs> you want to try it? <laughs> yeah, can we try it? Sure, as long as you're one of the five-year-olds. We always used to say that when we were little, like, all right, we're living at our house, and my brother's like nine, and I'm seven. Hey, do you think we could beat up an intruder if he came in? I was always worried about intruders, but hey, I digress. Uh, five-year-olds trying to tackle Derrick Henry. It reminds me of when Kramer got beat up by a bunch of kids in the alley during Seinfeld. They just started pummeling him. Their little fists were pounding on me. It'd be pretty good. I'd like to see Derrick Henry against like a whole school full of five-year-olds bringing him down. That'd be good. I'm, I'm, all, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. Uh, New York City mayor is the dumbest human being. Nonviolent crime division I, in politics. He speaks stupid. He acts stupid. He says stupid things. He did what many mayors did. We're all for everybody. Bring us. We're a sanctuary city. We want the immigrants. I got a neighbor has one of them signs. Love is love. No one is illegal. Yeah, pull this. It plays jingle bells. But Eric Adams is now not happy. The mayor of New York City is not happy. Why? Well, because Abbott, the governor of Texas, has called his bluff. He has called his bluff, and he has sent a number a number of illegal immigrants to New York City. He put them in buses. He put them in planes. He said, hey, I don't know what to tell you, but here you go. You're a sanctuary city. Let's have at it. Here you go. So this dumbass who got called, he got, you know what? He was bluffing like every Democrat bluffs. Look, you guys think they don't bluff, please. Child, please. Look at this idiot. You don't think they're all bluffing? Every one of them is bluffing over every damn thing that there is. They're all bluffing. So Eric Adams is telling Biden, hey, look, man, look, you got the Roosevelt Hotel totally destroyed because uh, what do you think illegal immigrants do when they come to the United States? They're drinking, they're eating, they're smoking weed, and they're banging. That's what they're doing, period. You can say they're not. You can act, oh, they're just dreamers. Yes, yeah, some are. The majority, when you clean out prisons in countries and send them across our border, what do you think these people are doing? We need help, Adam says. And it's not going to get any better. From this moment on, it's downhill. Yeah? All right. Well, uh, he's warned the White House. There's no room. Yeah, really? All right. Well, uh Adams has blamed the White House for not sending enough financial aid or acting on requests like expedited work authorization. More than 93 migrants have come to the city since last spring. More than half remain in the city. That's like 40, let's just say 45, 46,000 people. That's a pretty small city moving into a big city. I mean, it's a nice sized city moving into a big city. There are bordering states that receive more money than us. And they're using the money to bus people to New York. Yeah, well, you're a sanctuary city. 
You're a dreamer. We all heard it. We ought to listen to it. And you all were full of crap. He said New York has only received $30 million thus far. He estimates, listen to this, he estimates this idiot does, $4.2 million, billion, excuse me, $4.2 billion. See, here's what you do as a mayor. You say, look, man, this is New York City. We welcome everything, but you got to come in legally. You got to come in legally. People like my great, my, my grandparents came legally. They came on the boat. They went to Ellis Island. They got locked in. They waited, and they got American citizenship. People like Ennis Cantner came in legally. There's a way to come in the United States. We accept everybody, but you got to come in legally. That's what you do, unless, of course, you're a Democratic mayor. That's a complete idiot. And every time I see this guy, I just think it's a complete idiot. They're mad in New York because Abbott and DeSantis busted flu migrants to New York. They think it's a political stunt. It's not a political stunt. You're a sanctuary city. We got to do something about it. Get them to sanctuary cities. Seriously. I don't know. And look, Adams is now mad, mad enough that he has broken away from the Democratic Party and their issues on migration. I could talk about this for hours because I love when frauds get exposed. I, I don't like it. I love it. It's part, it's in my DNA. Speaking of frauds getting exposed, Bill Maher continues on his rant. I love this, and I know you do too. You, you do. Don't act like you don't. You do. I know you do. Bill Maher says Democrats are full of ish with disastrous handling of homelessness and the migrant crisis. Really? Don't pretend you love migrants so much, and then when border states send them to you, you don't like them. You know, you're full of ish. And we can see it. Yeah, we can see it. You like them when it wasn't your problem because you're not a border state. And then when they show up in Chicago and New York, you're like, what the? What are we going to do with these people? Well, he's exactly right. Anybody with any common sense knew this was happening. I told you this was happening a couple years ago when we started this show. I've told you this forever. Anyone with any common sense. You know, you read all these idiots uh, in newspapers And they pander, and they pander, and they pander. And then when they get called out on them, they don't even address the fact that they're dead wrong. Bill Maher is absolutely right. Bill Maher couldn't be more right. I mean, why does anybody think that he's not right? Why would you even think, hey, wait a second here, is Bill Maher right? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, all you people with your little signs, right? Right here on our little cul-de-sac, my neighbor's got his little sign out. Oh, nobody's illegal. Yeah, they are. Sure they are. Are you crazy? Of course they are. I don't want to tell you. Hey, did you see this? J.K. Dobbins. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is sitting out. J.K. Dobbins, who's played like 23 games in a couple seasons. He's star running back, I guess. He was really good at Ohio State. But J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens is saying, you know what? I ain't playing. I want a new contract. All right. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's cool. Huh. You do? Well, we better get you one because you're J.K. Dobbins. And if you're J.K. Dobbins, uh, no, I don't know what to tell you. But you know what? Screw J.K. Dobbins. Screw J.K. Dobbins today. Screw J.K. Dobbins tomorrow. Screw J.K. Dobbins forever. Screw J.K. Dobbins.
I don't like him. I don't like anything about him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to know him. Uh, you want to hold out? Hold out. Seriously. Let's hold out. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, is this a good sign or a bad sign for Desmond Ritter? I'm going to say it's a good sign. Desmond Ritter, um, well, Desmond Ritter is a quarterback of the Atlanta Falcon. Desmond Ritter, well, ladies and gentlemen, Desmond Ritter got the dreaded vote of confidence from the owner. You know what I mean? We, uh, 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 thank you, I think. Thank you, owner Arthur Blank, for saying that I am going to be the quarterback. It's a little different. In the coaching world, you always want the vote of confidence, but you want it privately. Like, my love language is verbal affirmation. I need my wife and others to say, Dan, you're okay. You're okay, Dan. You're a good dude. Yeah, you are. Well, when you are a coach, verbal affirmation needs to be private. Because once it comes out public, you are screwed. Now, I don't know if it's the same with a quarterback. Quarterback, they got you by the short hairs a little bit. Quarterback, they got you. Like, he's the quarterback. There's only 32 of these guys, and most of them aren't good enough to win you anything, and I don't think Desmond Ritter is. But if you think about it, quarterback, man, they got you. They got you good. And you got to pay attention to them. Hey, you know what business we should get into? Look Look at me. Look at me. Look at me right in the eyes right now. Right in the eyes, right now. You know a business we should all get into? The whale-moving business. Yeah, we should. You know we should. The whale-moving business is a great, great business. The whale-moving business, Jimmy Ursay is moving a whale. Jimmy Ursay has been on this for a few months. Now, before I give you the number that it's going to cost Jimmy Ursay to move this whale, I want you to know, that Jimmy Ursay, just telling you, is worth $3.6 billion. That's what he's worth. $3.6 billion. So Jimmy Ursay has been on this whale thing for quite some time. All right? He is paying $20 million to move a whale. To move a whale. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. $20 million. Now, that's love of the whale. That's putting your money where your mouth is. This whale, Tokite, he's trying to move him as soon as he can. He's trying to bring this whale back to the Salish Sea. We will get it done, and we're trying to get it done sooner than later. All right. Tokite, the endangered, listen to this, Southern resident's killer whale was taken from her native waters 50 years ago and shipped to a Miami Sea Aquarium where she performed under the name Lolita for decades in an effort to bring, the effort to bring Tokite home has gone on for years. But it gained steam when the head of the dolphin company expressed interest in making it happen. Ursay said he was personally putting up millions of dollars to pay for the cost of moving here and the permits needed to get the whale home. I'm into this thing with my hands on as a producer, and it was going nowhere. I put tens and tens of millions of dollars. I said, let's go. She's healthy. I got the money. Let's move her and get all these permits. (laughs) 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it's a pretty good life to be Lolita. If you're Lolita and you get to perform, look, I don't know. Isn't that a better life than being in the Saldish Sea, fighting for your life every day, battling, going crazy, trying to fight off other animals, trying to fight off other mammals, trying to fight off all kinds of stuff? Do you know where it is? It's a marginal sea of the Pacific Ocean located in the Canadian province of British Columbia. So it's way the hell up there. It's cold up there. Maybe the, maybe the, the mammal doesn't want to go. Maybe the mammal's like, yo, oh, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're sending me where now? You're telling me I got to go up to there? You're telling me uh, what? I'm down here in Miami. I got hot girls riding me. I got people binging over and shaking their you-know-whats. It's Miami. We go clubbing when everybody leaves. It's like Toy Story. All the little mammals are in there. They're banging. They're drinking. They're laughing. They're having a good time. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? What's going on here? And you're trying to move me? What? What? All right. Okay, but I don't want to move. I don't want to move at all. Why am I having to move? I wouldn't want to move. Uh, I don't want to move. <sighs> Will Chamberlain's jersey is going to go for $4 million. Seriously, $4 million. Will Chamberlain's jersey is going to go for $4 million. 1972, Will Chamberlain, game-worn jersey, $4 million. We're moving mammals. For $20 million, and we're paying $4 million for a jersey. Seems like the $20 million is a better use of our money, but hey, it ain't my money. And I don't know what, and I've always said this, you get the baseball card. You paid $8 bazillion for the Honus Wagner baseball card or the one-of-a-kind Cal Ripken or whatever it is, right? All right, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? If you're the last guy that has it, what do you do with it? Well, you take out loans with it. You take out, really? Like, people come and look at it. Honus Wagner, baseball card. What'd you pay? About nine mil. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, man, this is Will Chamberlain's jersey. Uh, who's Will Chamberlain? Come on, look him up. Seriously. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going here. That's what I always think. I always think these things. I do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got the damn awards. You know it's time for the damn awards. Don't at me. Don't at me, people. It is the damn awards. Bigger disappointment. Megan Rapino or Jackson Mahomes? I'm going to go neither. I'm not disappointed in either. You know they're both idiots. You know you've had enough of them. You know they make your ass sag. You know they make you tired. You know this. You know. Bigger disappointment. Megan Rapinoe, Jackson Mahomes. If you don't know the news, Jackson Mahomes, he got a little sexual assault charge in a restaurant, and now the restaurant has to close because Chiefs fans are idiots. Megan Rapinoe is just being Megan Rapinoe, a bad soccer player, 
on a team that's probably going to win the World Cup. So now we got to hear from her. It's the only reason I am not, I am not uh, rooting totally for the United States women's national team. It's because I want to hear about Megan Rapino and her greatness. I don't hear about her. But that guy, Jackson Mahomes, is just evil. Just a bad human being. Megan Rapinoe's just full of crap. And you know what? I can go with that. But neither a disappointment. Neither. They both stinks. Who's had a worse week? Pac-12 or New York Mets? Man. Great question. Pac-12 lost and is going to continue to lose its teams. Pac-12 teams are going everywhere but the Pac-12. You're going to see Stanford and Cal and Washington and Oregon leave, and I don't know where the Pac-12 goes from there. I, you're gonna, I think you're going to see Arizona, Arizona State join the Big 12 at some point. I do. I think you're going to see this fairly sooner than later. Hey, look, all the Mets did was spend a bunch of money for two Hall of Famers and then trade them. And then Steve Cohen said they could not tell the Hall of Famers that the Mets were going to be all in. I remember, I do, when everybody was so excited about Steve Cohen and the Mets. The Wilpon family stunk. They were horrible. I'm going to say, though, that the Pac-12, I am. I'm going to say the Pac-12 was worse, had a worse week. When you lose your entire conference, when you lose everything, that's worse. You know what? The Mets are still going to have a game tomorrow. They're still in the National League, but the Pac-12 may not exist in about 12 months. That's a bad week. Uh, Crazier idea. Oh, man. Former Auburn football player bailing wife out of prison who plotted to kill him or Eric Adams contemplating housing illegal immigrants in Central Park. They're both horrific ideas. So the guy on the right, a guy named Shiver, former Auburn football player, and his wife were going through divorce because the little uh, woman over here started stooping other people. It's a nasty divorce, a lot of allegations. So the little lady down here goes with her lover down to the Bahamas. Unrelated, there's a robbery on the Bahamas. Police investigate the robbery. Uh, the dumbass robber left his cell phone. Police got the cell phone, went into the What's Up app, found out that the little lady here wanted to have the dude on the right, former Auburn player, killed, murdered, and paid for it. She already paid for it. So what happens? Police go down, and they arrest this little maniac, this insane woman, and, of course, the dude, her boyfriend, and, of course, the dude that was going to do the murdering. Woman's in jail, court hearing not till October. She was going to have to spend time in a Bahamian jail. What does the guy on the right do? This guy, whose wife on the left, not only had a plan to murder him, but paid for the murder. Hadn't happened yet, but she paid some cash. So the guy on the right decides, hey, look, guess what? I'm going to bail her out of jail. I love her, man. I love her, man. That's from something about Mary. I love her, man. So this guy bails her out of jail. How about this conversation at home? Now, now, honey, let me see if I understand this. I know we're getting a divorce. Uh, We do have kids. Now, they're going to read about you wanting to kill me? Huh? That's what we were going to do? That's how we were going to go about our business? You were going to kill? All right, come on home. 
All right, I ain't mad about it. Hey, look, you got to do what you got to do. Maybe I'm not that good a guy. I don't know. I don't know. But that is a whacked out story. That is utter insanity. Eric Adams' story is insane, too. Eric Adams' story actually is worse because it affects a lot of people. A lot of people go to Central Park to enjoy Central Park. It's the one oasis other than a bar in New York where you can get away. But that dude is a stone idiot. I've already been called a racist three times for telling telling you all he's a stone idiot, and I'll stand by it. That is an idiot. Oh, my God. But I got to tell you, it's a crazy idea to bail out your wife when she's plotted to murder you. I, I, I think I'd let it rot. I know you got kids. It's a tough one. Kids are going to be without their mom, and you're the dad, and you're going to bail her out. They bring her home. I don't know. I, it's a tough one, but I think I'd let it rot. Would you rather have 1972 Will Chamberlain jersey or Jerry Garcia's Tiger guitar, which is owned by Jim Ursay? This one to me is, well, look at that. You got a guitar played by 20,000 having sex, women having sex with Will Chamberlain, which is a record, by the way, at least from what I'm saying. But anyway, I would rather have the guitar. I would. I think that guitar would be cool. Will Chamberlain's jersey, well, that would be cool, too. I don't think it has the same cash shape. Maybe it does. Hey, look, I got Will Chamberlain's jersey. All right. Hey, man, I got Jerry Garcia of the Dead's guitar. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that seems to have more cachet to me. I think I would rather have the guitar. I may put that up to a vote here later on on Twitter. I may, I may, I may have to put that to a vote. Would you want to? Would you want to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But you know what? Will Chamberlain, uh, I want the bed that Will Chamberlain had. I want the bed. Will Chamberlain had this big heart-shaped bed. It was like the size of this room. And that's where Will used to do his business on. Actually, I don't want the bed. Never mind. Can you imagine what's on that bed? The fluids, the stuff, the gross, the everything? No, we don't need that bed. What are we doing? No, 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 no. No. God, no. No. Hell no. (laughs) Give me the guitar. The guitar I hang on a wall. The guitar I can put on. Hey, man, it's Jerry Garcia's guitar. You know what I mean? You can touch it. You can feel it. If you get Will Chamberlain's jersey, what are you going to do? Go down to the park? I think you would be shocked, to, truth, truly, if you understood how small I'm betting Will Chamberlain's jersey is. I'm betting you'd be like, whoa, how does that big dude fit into this? And by the way, look how skinny Will Chamberlain looks now compared to more normal athletes, normal basketball players. Basketball players are enormous. Like basketball players have the best bodies of any in any sport, and I'll fight you on it. I will. I'll, I'll throw hands with you. Hey, coming up, I got Ennis Cantor. I got Ennis Cantor Freedom, and I want to talk to him about his run for Congress. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear about, well, Kyrie Irving now says he's a social justice warrior, but this social justice warrior just signed an apparel contract with a Chinese shoe company. And Damian Lillard, I'm not lying to you. I'm just tired of Damian Lillard. Uh, I, I'm, I'm... I'm just tired of him. I've had enough of Damian Lillard. 
Damien, he's great. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's the best player in the history of the world. He's Dame, right? He's from the streets. Blah, 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 blah. Yay, Rock, go fight, win. But I'm seeing him in every commercial. I'm thinking, what has this guy ever won? Guy lives in Portland. Who I can. Anyway, and it's Cantor Freedom when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. I always love having Ennis Cantor Freedom on because he's a dude that stood up, continues to stand up, and by standing up and taking a bunch of criticism, he's had his life threatened, he's had his family threatened, basically lost his job, not basically, lost his job in the NBA over not acquiescing to China. You all know the story if you followed our show. But now, ladies and gentlemen, now this is where I'm at. He is starting to talk about a possible run for Congress, my man joins us now. What What's your take? What's the latest on that? Hey, thank you for having me, man. Um, you know, I think every time I go to Congress or Senate, everyone is telling me, like, what are you waiting for? You know, I think, you know, we need some strong leaders and strong voices in our Congress, in our government. So why not just bring your voice and actually make some real change? And I think, you know, it will be the, literally the perfect example of Amer- my American dream. You know, I have been citizen now a little over the two years, and I lived here in America more than half of my life. So I can tell that America needs freedom more now than ever. So, and I am truly believe that when I'm elected, I could make a difference on our domestic and foreign policy agenda. So I'm, I'm excited, man. Where where would where do you where would you be? Where would you run? Where what state? What location? Uh well I mean the, there are many states that I play basketball for, you know. I mean Oklahoma is one of them. Um I'm trying to think. I mean Kentucky could be. I went to college there. Fans love me over there. Uh Massachusetts, I play for the Knicks, Long Island could be uh, one of them, Pennsylvania. Um, Florida, I li- I really like Florida, man. There's sunshine, beach, water, <laughs> so it might be the perfect spot for me. I thought, wait, they love you in Utah too. Don't forget. Oh yeah, Utah. I forgot about Utah. My bad. Yes, yes, Utah too. Yeah. All right. Uh, there are real like you, and there are frauds like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is now claiming yeah. to be a warrior for social justice and equity. And now all of a sudden he signs a deal with a Chinese shoe company. Walk me through this. Isn't this a bit contradictory? You know, I mean, some of the things actually he said, he stood up for himself. I mean, like during the vaccine, uh, during the pandemic, this guy literally didn't take the vaccine. and said, you know what? I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not taking the vaccine. Even if you, even if I lose like what, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's that's amazing. That, that's crazy. You know that that's what he believes, and and um, he didn't do it, and he literally missed so many games because of that. But then, you know, you are signing a literally a, a shoe contract with a company. It's literally known as the the the, the Chinese company, Anta. And everybody knows about the you know the slave laborers and the sweatshops. So I was like, come on, man! You know you have a amazing tool to inspire millions of kids out there, and you have been. But now 
you're going and signing a shoe deal with the biggest dictatorship in the world. It broke my heart. I'll tell you that. Yeah, because, you know, he did lose money. He he did stand on principle. Why? He's not the only guy signing with these Chinese shoe companies. I think Clay Thompson and others. Why yeah. do you think he did that? I felt like there was a deeper purpose to him doing that, like telling people to stick it. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deeply. I mean, so I'm sure you know what happened with him and Nike and Nike pretty much stopped uh, yes. working with him for some of the things that he put uh, out there on the social uh, media. And then after that, I mean, he... I, he was about to lose millions of dollars. And at that point, he was like, you know what? I'm 30, 31, 32 years old. So I'm going to play basketball maybe three, four more years. So let me just sign with whoever and make the most most out of it. And, I mean, he signed five years with that Chinese company. And now he, he is going to make millions of dollars. But, like, there are so many American kids out there are watching him and idolizing him. So him going out there and signing a shoe deal like that, not only him, like you said, he's not the only one. You look at Clay Thompson and many other athletes, actually. Not he's not the they're not the only one. Uh, I can't remember the name, but I can't remember the number. Maybe there are like maybe at least 10, 20 players, like good players in the league who's been signing with these Chinese companies. I mean, what's going on? You know, this it should be it should be that that company should be banned in our country. But now our superstars, all stars, uh, future Hall of Famers are going there and signing with these companies. Like, what are we doing? It's hard to get mad. Like, you know, I don't know. You see what's going on, Saudi Arabia money coming into golf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then all of a sudden everybody complaining about that. But nobody seems to only you actually seem to say anything about the NBA. It's almost like golf is such an easy target because, I don't know, and and basketball is like, no, 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 don't say nothing. No, 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 no. Even the media, it's, 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 do you see what I'm saying here? It, it's, it's odd yeah. to me. It, it has to be consistent, man. You complain about that, but you don't complain about that. People are going to call you hypocrite. You know, you complain about, oh, yeah, Saudis, this and that. But what about China? You know? So you, if you're going to criticize one side, then you have to stay consistent. You have to, um, you know, be complaining about both sides. But no. Why? Because it's China. Because people are making billions of dollars. NBA itself making $5 billion from that company. So it's, it, it's hypocrisy, man. I'm telling you, I promise you, it's uh, it's just pure hypocrisy. People are going to talk about the things until it hits their pocket. But something like China and something like Anta or Nike, they won't say a word about it. It's really fascinating. It, it, it really is. Everybody all up in arms about the live tour. Congress mm-hmm. is involved. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, you tell me. But even to the level of Congress, I don't think I've heard any hearings about China in the NBA, but certainly have about mm-hmm. live and the PGA Tour and the Saudis. Well, we just had, well, it wasn't about only NBA in China. It was about uh, myself and my story. So we did have like a one hearing about uh, me, my story, and they they were asking a lot of questions. And the beautiful thing was, it was a bipartisan effort. And it was, uh, it was Senate and Congress together did that. But, But I talked to them, I was like, listen, you know, I don't want you to only put my story out there. 
there are, the, the, I mean, I want you to guys invite Adam Silver. I want you to guys invite the CEO of Nike. I want you to guys MBPA, uh, the Player Association, and just expose them. And if they say no, then they are they, they are they have something to hide, you know. So they they promised me. They said we promise you we are gonna do one hearing. And we are going to invite Adam Silver. We are going to invite CEO of Nike. We are going to invite um, MBPA, the, the Player Association. I even told them, I'm like, invite players. Invite uh, LeBron James. Invite the, the owner of um, Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. You know, he likes to talk about some of the issues that are happening out there. So why not invite him? And if he has nothing to hide, he will be happy to come and start answering this questions coming from senators and congressmen so um no it is going to happen man i talked to the china select committee i talked to uh, many other uh, friends in congress it is going to happen so they're they're in a break in august and after august we're going to try to uh, push for it let me talk about the nba you played with damian lillard damian lillard mm -hmm. is the guy everybody's talking about here what yeah. makes him so special is he the best where's he going to end up yeah, I mean, he's the type of guy that makes himself better, that makes everybody else better around him. That's what makes him really special. Amazing leader. I like him a lot, to be honest. You know, he is he was an amazing, amazing teammate on and off the court. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm i hearing that he, he wants to go to Miami, but Miami just don't have enough players to offer Portland, you know? So I, I, I heard that his agent literally calls all the other teams I said do not trade for uh Damian Lillard, Lillard because he only wants to play for the Heat. I mean, is it is hurting his brand a little bit, but I mean it's Damian Lillard, you know. He gives so much for that city, he gives so much for that organization. Um, but hey, I mean he just wants to go to Miami. Everyone wants to go to Florida for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Uh but I, I got to ask you, so you're playing in Portland, where Portland has great fans. You also played with the Knicks. We mentioned all that. Yep. You got the biggest city in the NBA with the Knicks, and you've got one of the smaller cities in Portland. Is there a difference? And, and if so, what is the difference? Where, in, 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 As a player now, like it seems to me, let me just say what it seems to me. It seems like to me it would be easier to get around, get to practice, get home in Portland than it would in New York. Can yeah. you compare the two for me? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're playing like a big city like Knicks or Boston or um, Chicago or L.A., you know, you have so many different other sports there. You know, you have the MLS, NFL, NHL, NBA, you know. So the fans are like, it's, it's, it's different than playing for uh, cities like Utah or Oklahoma City or uh, because that's the only major sport in those cities. You know, so they're like a diehard fan. So whatever happens, you know, they got your back. Um, cities like cities like New York, I mean, you got the Knicks, um, you got the, you know, this and that. So it's like, uh, it's, it's different to me. You know, I really like playing for smaller cities because fans, they are crazy. Like Oklahoma fans, unbelievable. One of the best fans out there, Utah fans. Um you know, the Portland fans, whatever. So, but it, it's different, man. I, I mean, I love playing for big cities because, I mean, you got a lot of things to do. But for the for the fan, for the fans, I mean, smaller cities always better. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I remember talking to a friend of mine. He was with the Knicks, and he's like, yeah, you know, our practice facility is up in Westchester. Oh, you got to come in. Yes. You got to do – right? Yeah. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. I, let me tell you something, man. Every day, like what it's also – the game days, I had to drive like an hour to get to the game, and you just drain. I'm sure you know the, the, the New York traffic, you know, and – but – Somewhere like Utah or Oklahoma, it literally takes you like five to ten minutes. But for, for the Knicks, for some for some reason, for the Knicks, I mean, James Dolan got enough money to get a practice facility in the city, but he's just not getting it. I talked to so many players, actually. They said the only reason they don't want to sign with the Knicks is because of the facility is like our way from the Madison Square Garden. So when you play for the Knicks, you don't live in New York. You live in Westchester. So that all the players are like, there's no way. The reason I'm signing with the Knicks because I want to, I want to live in New York. I want to live in Manhattan. But just because of we, they don't want to drive every day to Westchester for practice, they, they're not signing with the Knicks. I mean, they're like the biggest organization. The Madison Square Garden is like literally the biggest, uh, the most famous arena in the world. But they they don't get no superstars for the last what? After Melo, they got no superstars. I, I try to tell people, and you can explain this better, there's a human element to a player. It's not just, hey, look, I got to go to Madison Square Garden. Or, mm-hmm. There's a human element, where you live, how you live, yeah. the taxes that you pay, all that exactly. stuff factors in. It's one of the reasons guys do want to go to Florida. Yes, 100%, man. I mean, you live in, you live in Miami, play for the heat, you know about the tax stuff, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people, that's why they prefer going to even like, I mean, it, it, some of the players actually, if they had to choose between the Knicks and Orlando Magic, they go to Orlando Magic, you know, because of, because of Florida, because of, uh, because of the tax, because of the practice facility and stuff. Then playing for the Knicks, obviously, it's amazing because even playing for one year for, for the Knicks, you're literally becoming a, a, like a New York legend. I walk around New York and everyone stops me like, hey, man, thank you for what, what you have done for the team and thank you for playing so hard and stuff. But, like, you know, you don't really get to enjoy it because you live in White Plains. You live in Westchester, you know? So it's uh, it's, it's a little interesting. Right. I, I mean, so many people. I, I coached a couple of kids that played in the Knicks, and they're like, it's great, man. It's New York, but damn – Hey, uh, before before I let you go, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, when will we be announcing our run for Congress? What's your time? Do you have a timetable? I mean, I I think I'm going to go for 2028 because right now, um, you know, I've been doing so much work with, you know, so many different NGOs and organizations and stuff about human rights violations. And the thing is, I really want to bring my family in America because they've been stuck in Turkey for the last, what, 10 years now. Um, I haven't seen or talked to them, well, almost 10 years now, you know. So my focus is on that. My focus is on so many other violations that are happening around the world. But the, I think 2028 is the perfect example. You know, also, at the same time, I'm still learning. I'm sitting down with these congressmen and I'm sitting down with these, you know, senators and, and learn about what's happening in America. There are so many problems happening in our country, too. You know, uh, domestic. You know, I remember having a conversation with 
uh, one of them, and he was telling me about you know domestic domestic issues like child sex trafficking and what our children are being taught in schools, and it should not be bipartisan, you know. So I'm learning, man. I'm you know trying to do best I can to just educate myself about some of the stuff happening here. I watched a movie called Son of Freedom, and I'm actually get to meet with the actors and the producers and stuff. And like it touched my heart. It's it's crazy what our you know children are going through. So um, so I'm I'm learning right now. I think it's the best time for me to run is 28. So I'm just gonna go out there and do my best. You know, one of the things it'd be interesting uh, just talking to different congressmen on this show mm -hmm. how frustrating it can be. You know yeah. <laughs> because. What you just said, most things should be bipartisan. Are you truly there for the us or are you truly there for you? Like I'm looking at Obama living in a $12 million house. I got Biden on $171,000 salary. He got two houses, both over $5 million. I mean, who are you there for? That becomes an issue with people that are trying to do right. Yeah. No, I'm not 100%, man. And also like now working with, uh, so many kids, you know, do a lot of basketball camp for kids. You know, our country needs leaders who will stand up for issues that will impact our nation's children's futures. You know, what they've been, what they've been taught in schools. And I posted a couple of things on my, uh, on my social media about parents complain about what their kids have been taught in schools. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it, man. I don't want to repeated what they have said here, but I just froze. I was like, I cannot believe this is, they're teaching this to little kids about. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it, but it, it literally did. No, no, it's terrible teaching them about sex and all kinds of different things. And I've been, I've been fighting yeah. this. This makes not me Not even crazy. teenagers. Like, like, they're not even teenagers, the right. little kid. So I had a, that? Hey, my manager's wife. Go ahead. My manager's wife uh, is Turkish, um, so their kid went to school. Uh, he's he's eight years old, um, and he came back home and said, "Mom, I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a girl." And her mom was like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Yeah, my uh, my my teacher told me that you know I can pick whatever I want and." I, I shouldn't listen to my parents and, you know, whatever I'm comfortable with, I'm just going to pick that and, and said, mom, sorry, but I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a girl. And her mom lost it. And her mom just said, okay, you're not going to school anymore. That's it. And took it out of school and started homeschooling him. I cannot believe this is, this is an eight year old kid. Don't know any better. So you as a teacher, you're telling him that, oh, you shouldn't listen to your parents, feel whatever you're comfortable with. Don't rush right now. You can't pick your gender later in life. And yeah, and after that, I just couldn't believe it. My my manager's wife was crying and my manager was shocked and uh, and yeah. No, it's not, it's 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 disgusting. It Speaking of parents, your parents, your family's been threatened, and it's been yeah. going on. How can, how would you get them out? Uh, can they leave? Can they come here? They've been trying, man. It's been, it's been really tough on them because everything 
that they do everything they said is being watched. Even just, I call this right now and say, hi, mom, hi, dad. They will be in jail the next day because they're, you know, the, the government listens everything, you know? So I have been working with many of the congressmen and senators, both parties, you know, they said, they even offered me uh, a thing like, they're like, listen, we have an American air base in, uh, in Turkey. We can get them out of there, but it's going to start a big, uh, problem between two countries. I was like, no, you know, at the end, I don't, I don't want America to have a problem with a country like Turkey because Turkey is a NATO ally. The problem is not the country. The problem is with the Erdogan regime, and I believe that once the regime changes, that the, the uh, Turkey is going to go back to democracy again. But um, we've been trying, man. It's been, it's been really tough on them. In ten years, you haven't talked to your family. Yeah, I mean, last time I saw them, I'm trying to think, it was 2014, I believe. Yeah, almost 10 years now. Oh, man. Hang in there, my friend. Thank you for coming on. Best, I really man. appreciate it. It's great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Ennis. No, thank you, man. There he is. Ennis, Cantor Freedom, man. What a great American. I hope he runs for Congress. I hope he runs sooner than later. I'll move to the state and I'll vote for him. I mean, we need people that have common sense. I mean, just think about it. We've talked about this all the time. Just leave kids out of this conversation. Leave kids the hell out. There's no reason that anybody should involve kids in anything other than reading, writing, and arithmeticing. That's it. It's not that difficult. It's simple. Please use your brain. All right. Speaking of not using your brain, what do we got woke and doping? What do we got here? Who's woking? Who's doping here? <laughs> do these glasses make my brain look big? Yes, Ryan. They make AOC's brain look big. They do. Look at that big brain on her. I got to tell you, AOC is a pretty woman, but when AOC speaks, you're like, damn. How I was thinking about this the other day as I was watching something that she was doing and she was doing all these movements and trying to be all this and I'm sitting, sitting there going, huh, how in the hell did this woman get elected? Will somebody explain this to me, Spanky? Like, how did this happen? I, I understand she's a bartender. I understand she's progressive. I understand she hit it at the right time. But do we have so little common sense? Because when you listen to her, it's just such stupidity. But yes, young lady, your brain looks bigger. And congratulations to you. All right, what's next? Why is my son calling me? Is he using me? Joe Biden doesn't know which way to go. How's the weather in Ukraine? You know, that's pretty clever, actually. Uh, I always assume the weather in Ukraine is awful. But why are my tax dollars going to Ukraine? Joe Biden put something out that says our tax dollars are only going to America. It's in the Constitution. I'm sitting there going, wait a second. Aren't our tax dollars billions of them going to Ukraine? It's very frustrating. It's why this show is becoming uber popular, because we talk about the frustration that you have. You all have the same frustration that I have. You do. You say our tax dollars are only going to Americans. It's what we do in America. And yet bazillions of them, Joe Biden, are going to pay off freaking bribes that you had in Ukraine. Somebody explain this to me.
Please explain it to me. I'm dying to know. I want to know. Next, we got another one and we just got two. All right, I got I to gotta tell you guys. I, I, I got to tell you something. This has been unbelievable. I'm going to look at me. Get right here and look at me. So now, ladies and gentlemen, now I can't stop making money. And I make money at night. See this phone? This phone goes to DraftKings, and it's going to do it this afternoon. And it doesn't have to do it every day. I'm giving you a way to bet. I'm giving you a way that has made me, I don't have to look it up. I don't have time to do that right now. But it's made me thousands of dollars in gambling. It is. It is. Thousands of dollars in gambling. All right? Here's what I do. I told you about this. I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I'm patient. And then in about the sixth, seventh inning, something like that, I take the home team that's winning. Maybe they're plus 600 and something. And then I try to find another game where the home team is the better team. Maybe it's tied up. Or maybe they're down one early to a bad team. And then I parlay it. Last night, the Cubs, the Cubs and the Royals is what I took last night. This was last night's action. And I didn't bet enough. I didn't bet very much. Uh, but you know what? I did win. I just was watching the Cubs. I was watching them just unload. Uh, my DraftKings is having a little hard time loading up. Oh, there it is. But last night, so I take the Cubs. They win 16 to six. They were down when I took them. No, they weren't. They had tied it up. So I got the Cubs at minus 140. And the Royals were winning. The Royals were up. So I took the Royals. They were like up four to nothing or something, three to nothing against the Mets who were in disarray, and the Royals were at home. So I parlayed those two. I got those two teams for minus 110. So I put $110 on it, and I won 100 Literally, it, it could not have been easier. Look, the day before, what did I take? Oh, I took the Astros' money line yesterday. That was just an easy one. The day before, I got plus money on the Dodgers. Who Listen to this. They were minus 475 at home against the A's. And I money-lined the Giants at minus 110. I ended up getting plus 131. This is a great way to bet. Now, again, so the Dodgers were minus 475. They were in the lead against a bad team. So, but that means is you'd have to pay $475 to win $100 if I just took them on their own. The Giants were tied with the Diamondbacks, but the Giants were at home. It was like the third inning. So the Giants were at home, and all right, I got them for minus 110. It combined to give me plus money. Giants won the game four to three. They were down. They had a home run. They won the game because they had an extra bat when I took them. I'm telling you, it's a pretty good way. If you're patient, I'm not saying I win all the time, but I'm saying I've won a lot of money this summer doing it that way. I want to share it with you. Hey, uh, last thing before I go, Michigan State football players lost their minds. They did. They lost their mind. They opened up a 65,000 square foot building. All right. And guess what it's named? The Tom Izzo Football Center. The Tom Izzo Football Center. He gave money to build a football center 
at Michigan State. First stage of the Tom Izzo football building is officially completed. That's freaking awesome. Players lost their mind because that's what they do, but I thought it was cool that Izzo, I got to get Izzo on here. Let's try to get Izzo on. I'm going to send you guys Izzo's information. He's probably on vacation. It's a good time for coaches to go on vacation. But the Tom Izzo football building open at Michigan State. If you want to see the video, it's pretty cool. Hey, thanks, everyone. And it's Cantor Freedom. That was absolute fantastic stuff. We had a really good day today. We did. We had a great day today. I'm out tomorrow. The show will be dark, but we will be back on it Monday. And I think our YouTube issues will be solved. I'm going to have a great afternoon. I'm going to have a great weekend. I want you all to do the same. Thank you, everybody. We will see you Monday. I'm giving you a three-day weekend from me. Go Cubs tonight. Tommy Waddle has already said, if the Cubs win, I'm getting a pizza. If they lose, eh, it's kissing your sister. See you.